Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. Again, it's January, so we're going to be talking transfers, of course. A lot of speculation about a player who's become a key man in the starting eleven at Bristol City recently. Also be talking about any links to potential incomings. Uh, we'll be discussing Nottingham Forest this weekend under their new manager, Martin O'Neill. And of course, that fantastic uh, win at the weekend against Bolton. The three subs, the difference they made, and I guess a selection dilemma, a welcome selection headache for Lee Johnson. Let's start, though, um, Gregor, with transfers. Callum O'Dowder, I know you've been really busy on this one today. Lots of speculation linking him to Leeds. Now, they said their first target for a winger is Dan James of Swansea City. We've both seen Dan James play. I've seen him play a lot this season. He's a lightning winger. He's quite a different player to Callum O'Dowder. Knocks it and runs, and he's gone. He's like a little greyhound, a little whippet. Tremendous pace. And O'Dowda has pace, of course, but he's a different player. So, from what I've been reading and what you've been hearing, Dan James is the number one. So, are we taking this Callum O'Dowda speculation seriously? Yeah, I think we have to, just because of the circumstances. But you're right, it could be that some suddenly... Um, a name like O'Dowda emerges into the public domain. And it sometimes with these deals, it then might put a bit of pressure on at the Swansea end. You mm-hmm. know, maybe they don't want to sell Dan James. Maybe they do. And if they are going to sell him, then maybe this will sort of maybe um, get the minds a bit more focused over there. Maybe maybe um, get things moving in the right direction from a Leeds perspective, possibly. I'm just floating that idea. In terms of, yeah, Callum, the, the main problem is, as we've we've discussed this several times, is the 18 months he's got left on his deal. And I want to blow my own trumpet a second here because if you remember a few months ago, we were discussing who could be on the move in January. And I said Calamo Dowd is Mm -hmm. one to keep an eye on. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be moving. And I actually think my own personal opinion is I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I I think, I've been saying this all along, I think he will sign a new deal. I think the hold-up there is possibly maybe that uh, the O'Dowder camp just want to... Just see if he's going to be playing regularly, because don't forget, uh, we're going to come on to this, I'm sure, but mm. don't forget, he came in for the first couple of games of the season, then he was out of the side for five, six games, and he's only really sort of produced his best form, I would say, of late. This is a conversation we had probably about six, seven weeks ago, and I said, Callum O'Dowda, he came in for a game, and I thought he played really well, and I sort of posed the question, well, why isn't he featuring more for Lee Johnson? What is it? And like you said, he's come in, and he's, and he's hit form, and it's funny that Lee Johnson said in post-match on Saturday when I spoke to him, they've gone under the radar, which has sort of been good in that their players haven't been picked up like they were last January and obviously last summer with uh, those three leaving. But we talk about O'Dowd having 18 months left on his contract. So what's he worth? What would his, the price tag be on his head? Because we know that Bristol City do not sell players cheaply. Look what happened with Aidan Flint. Almost went to Birmingham City, didn't go. So is it the same with O'Dowd? It's going to have to be a, a big price. I mean, 18 months isn't that long, though, left on his contract. Yeah, no, good point. And yeah, it would have to be a, a big fee. I, I tend to think that this time, Bristol City would really be loath to lose someone like Callum because obviously it might upset the apple cart a little bit. And they'd, if they were going to sell him, then it would have to be that O'Dowd has basically decided he's not going to sign a new deal. That could happen. Um, and if that was the case, then it would be like Joe Bryan and Bobby Reed, and basically they would have to probably sell him in the summer to get so to get a sale now. Leeds would have to come in with a really top bid. Um, what sort? Of, give me a figure. I, 
I was looking at similar sort of transfers earlier and I don't think maybe some players like Martin Waghorn and maybe Adama Traore are, are too far away um, from what we might be looking at. So I would suggest around £10 million, maybe a bit more at this, at this time. And that obviously goes down in the summer because he'd only have a year left on his deal. So it would have to be something hefty. Can Leeds afford that? Not too sure. It certainly sounds like they're looking at a lot less for um, this Daniel James, but but we'll see. And I don't know. On the other hand, if O'Dowda is really determined to go, it doesn't isn't going to sign a deal. Then then that obviously puts another perspective. But that is not what I think is going to happen. I, and obviously, we know he's terrific friends with Josh Brownhill. He's been in great form recently. He's got what two goals and an assist in his last seven games. He's started the last seven games, which I think is key for him. And, yeah, showing his best form again. So I, I, I expect him to stay and I'm hopeful. And from what I've heard, I, I do think there's a good chance he will sign a new deal. And hopefully that'll take place. And just Sorry, just one last thing on this. Uh, don't forget, Mark Ashton last week was talking about it. He was asked about it. Mm-hmm. And he basically said that there were going to be, was going to be another round of contract negotiations with Callum's agency. So that, for me, could be pivotal then. I would have, I would have thought the club will probably say, listen, enough is enough. You've got to make a decision. And I'd be very surprised if he decided to move on because he's, he's playing really well at the moment. Bristol City are doing really well at the moment. He's great friends with um, Brownhill and everybody else. I just think he's nicely settled. And mm. if he really, if he, if he knuckles but, down, he could really develop. But Leeds United pr- could well be playing in the Premier League next season. Is that not a big lure for someone like Callum O'Dowder? That is a big lure. Um, and it was too big, wasn't it, for Joe Bryan and Bobby Reid a, a year ago, let's be honest. So... Hey, it's football though. Anything can happen, and there's nothing to say that Leeds are definitely going to go up. They've, they, they look like they are. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about spying later, <laughs> later on. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. And that can go wrong as well, can't it? Because Aidan Flint went to Middlesbrough thinking they'd go up this season, but there's no guarantees. I mean, they are settled in the playoffs at the moment, but you look at it, Bristol City are only five points behind Middlesbrough at the time of recording. So it's not guaranteed when you go to a team even in the position of Leeds, is it? So he's got to weigh all this up. But do you have any insight at the moment into what Callum O'Dowd's camp is saying or is it just that we know these negotiations will be ongoing? All I know is that there have been negotiations, obviously, and there are going to be some more. And from what I hear, nothing has been ruled out at this stage. So, yeah, I I just think that when it comes down to it, he, he will sign. That's my own personal opinion, though, and not what I hear. And I, and I think he's fairly settled. And I, I think it would be the best thing for him as well. Mm. And uh, away from Cam O'Dowder, any names being floated about this week in terms of incomings? Incomings? Well, it's just a, a, bit, a bit difficult, this, because we did ask Lee Johnson recently, and he's been very coy about this, yeah. about whether they do want to bring another player in. I would go back to like about four weeks ago, December, and remember that Lee Johnson said they hope to bring in a couple of players in January. So I do think that the club will try and bring... Yeah, they've got one, obviously. I do think they will try and bring in one more player. That's what they've said previously. It just depends whether they can get the right one. In terms of names, I don't have any new names at the moment. Um, But we're just just watching, really, to see whether it could be a striker or it could be a midfielder. There have Mm. been a few links already. And um, it might depend on what sort of players become available in the loan market and uh, towards the end of the window when when some players might decide they need to move for more first-team football. Yeah, and... 
Okay, uh, what about any other outgoings? I know Max O'Leary is a name that's been mentioned with a potential loan move. Must be a frustrating time for him because you think he came in in October and he, he did really well for a couple of games, but lost his place again. Yeah, we're just waiting to hear really on the likes of Max, Moisa and Joe Morel whether these guys are going to go out on loan. Um, expecting to hear from the club on whether Frank Fielding is fully fit. And if he's fully fit, then he could come in onto the bench and they could. They, well, they've got a tough decision to make, haven't they, on mm. O'Leary. As Lee Johnson said recently, it's whether they send him out on loan and then, um, obviously, if, if injuries strike, they wouldn't be able to recall him if it was a league loan. What I've been told is that there is league uh, one interest in Max. Uh, my understanding is that he's been told that if he if he goes out on loan, it would only really be to a, a top end of League One club. And um, I think uh, some of the clubs in, in, um, interested in, in him include Charlton and um, I think it was Shrewsbury, possibly. Okay. Um, in terms of Moisa, then, yeah, again, we're still waiting to, to hear what the latest is with him. Some people have said to me about possibly Lincoln being in for him and Lee Johnson has a, a good... Um, relationship with the guys with the Cowley brothers over there they've they've used um, Bristol City's training facilities before mm. so maybe might be something in that one but but there have been rumours as well about other League One sides so yeah nothing concrete there no huge updates but we'll keep an eye on those and what about um, Joe Williams from Bolton we got an update on this on Saturday evening from Phil Parkinson. So let's hear what he had to say, because he's a name we talked about last week on the podcast. He's a midfielder, uh, currently on loan at Bolton from Everton. So, so just one question on um, Joe Williams, who I believe is injured and not playing yeah. today. Um, been a few um, newspaper reports about him this week. Is he going to stay at Bolton 1 just for the rest of the Hopefully, season? yeah. You know, he's, he's got injured, so, um, you know, which is a shame for us. Um, so we're waiting on his, his return. Um, but yeah, no, we've got an agreement that he's with us till the end of the season. So unless Everton call him back, that you know he's with us. Okay, so that's Joe Williams at uh, Bolton on loan from Everton. So it sounds like the ball's in Everton's court. Let's talk about a signing that has come on loan from Chelsea. Lee Johnson brought him on as one of three substitutions on Saturday afternoon with Bristol City, one nil down to Bolton, despite absolutely dominating the game. It's one of those things where, unfortunately for Lloyd Kelly, he tries to shepherd it out. He tries to keep possession in the corner for Bristol City. Gets caught by noon. Good cross from Amiobi and a decent finish from Will Buckley in the middle. Nothing Mind Park could do about that. And suddenly Bristol City are 1-0 down. And they've absolutely dominated the game. And the thing you felt was, was la- lacking, you know, watching on from the press box and the gantry, was that sparkle. And that is that sparkle that Lee Johnson has mentioned over and over again. So uh, he, he said to me, he's like, have you ever played championship manager? I said, oh, my husband's into that. He said, oh, there's a, there's a flick, um, which is gung-ho. Yeah, yeah, Your face says you know what that I is. That, yeah. uh, and, he, and he said, but he said, uh, he sort of was chatting before we did the interview, but he said, no, just, you know, had to go for it, had to make, make those changes. And it obviously worked. And Casey Palmer, what a difference he made. What a player he looks like. From where I was sat, right in the top of the Lansdowne stand, looked a little bit like Lois Juni. Couldn't be more different, though, could he? <laughs> yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, It's the hair, it's that little sort of tinted bit at the back. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was a little bit dubious maybe about his signing last week, but, yeah, I, I think I've already got egg on my face there because, OK, it's only been one game, but he's done more, hasn't he, in, what, five minutes than... Five Joni, months? Yeah, than yeah. Joni did the entire loan period. So, 
Yeah, he could be a smart signing, couldn't he? Another Chelsea loanee. Uh, yeah, he, he certainly added something and he's got athleticism, great close control and, yeah, fantastic that he scores on, the, on his debut. It's going to make things uh, a lot easier for him and we spoke to him again after the match and he's such a great guy, really bubbly character. He's a lovely and, guy, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, and he was explaining why he ran over to, to celebrate in front of the South Stand because those were the hardcore fans over there, I think. He's done his research. Yeah, maybe a bit of... Um, I don't know, sort of apologising in a way for uh, the banter that he'd had with them in the Blackburn Rovers game oh, earlier yes, in the season. Oh, yes, of course. Maybe, maybe a bit of, yeah. Now they're loving now, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. he came on, but also Matty Taylor. He yeah. was absolutely fantastic. He was, and it's really great to see, actually, because Matty's had so long, hasn't he, been in and out of the side. He's been so unlucky with injuries that basically yeah, once he, he comes in... Yeah, he December, didn't he? Yeah, once he comes back in, he, he seems to have been struck down by something else. Mm. I think he's really, really nailed this role, I hate to say it, as oh, impact sub, though. He will hate you saying that, though. Be- because, and he, he, he's just doing... He's so effective doing that. And, yeah, as you say, he changed the game on the weekend, last weekend, and I just think he's, he, he's yeah, he's just so effective like that, and I maybe can't see that changing. But you don't want to be an impact sub. You you want to be the man starting. No, and, yeah, maybe I'm doing him a disservice, and, hey, he could start against Bolton. In fact, he probably That's will in, in the FA Cup. In the FA Cup, yeah, yeah, but what about this Saturday against Forest? Those three subs that came on, uh, Jada Silva, Casey Palmer, Matty Taylor, they've all got a strong case to start. Lloyd Kelly's position is really under threat now, isn't it? And I felt... I really felt for him being subbed straight after making that mistake. I really did feel for him. Yeah, I, I wasn't too surprised if I, if I'm honest. I actually thought Lee did, Lee did really well with his substitutions. Um, obviously, it was the, from my memory, it was um, the second time he's made a triple substitution. The last time being when they beat Rotherham one mm-hmm. nil in, at home in 2017. And yeah, it, it was the right call. And I also thought Lloyd really wasn't up to scratch that that day. That's not because he's a bad player or anything. Because mm-hmm. often with young players, you get this inconsistency. But I just thought he gave too many passes away. His positioning wasn't the greatest, and that happens. You know, you have a bad game now and now and then. So. Yeah, right call there from Lee Johnson, and yeah, it all worked out, and I'm sure that they'll be ecstatic at the way they've come from 1-0 down against oh, yeah. a gritty side and managed to get that win. That was a big win. But do they start? You've avoided the question there. <laughs> no, they wouldn't for me. They no. wouldn't start on no, Saturday? No, because... What? Because I just don't think you should change the winning team. Um, yeah, but what, got- oh, oh, oh. The, that 11 that are on the pitch were losing 1-0. Those three come on, that's a winning team. That's true, but as you said yourself before, that 11 was creating loads of chances and had... But not converting them. No, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's something else. That's something else, yeah. They need strikers. They need someone to find the back of the net. Um, Jeju normally does that. He, he had an off game. I'm sure he'll rediscover game, his yeah. form. Yeah. Mm, OK, we'd agree to disagree on that one, but I can see why... The okay. impact of Taylor. I can see why you're saying that. But what about Casey Palmer in the middle? So you Does Marlon bring... Pack not, not you... look tired to you? I, no, I'm not sure about that. I mean, we disagreed, didn't we, about Marlon after the game. I thought he was outstanding. You thought he maybe lost possession a little bit easily. He does need a rest at some point because he's played so That's much. What I mean, I think Marlon Pack's been one of Bristol City's best players this season and I really, really rate him. But he's just starting to look like he might need a rest. I know Palmer doesn't really play that holding mid field role but you could sort of switch things around yeah, li- maybe you play a different formation yeah a little story on Marlon Pack just that um, he was going to play actually in the FA Cup game we asked Mar- um, Lee Johnson who his team was going to be because mm. remember he had several players had missing field, yeah. from with flu or sorry, sorry illness and Marlon Pack was one of those he was laid up in bed but apparently he would have started that game which really yeah, 
which I'm not too sure about. It probably has worked out that he didn't because he got a rest. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. At some point, he maybe will need to be rotated out. Um, I'm just not sure whether that's just at the moment. I've, I've, I know Jamie Patterson as well hasn't maybe been in his best form. I just feel that these guys, especially Patterson, going back to his former club, Nottingham Forest, might might have something to offer. Yeah, and I really rate Patterson as well. So it's it's a good situation for Lee Johnson to have. It's one he didn't have sort of this time last year. There is more squad depth, which we've referred to countless times. And, and Nottingham Forest then under new management, under Martin O'Neill. What did you make of that appointment? Ita Karanka, it was pretty much his decision by all accounts that he left. It looked very worn down by the whole thing. Forest spent a lot of money in the summer, but they find themselves mid-table, Gregor. They did, and um, yeah, I remember speaking to my colleagues up there at Nottingham Live before the season, and they really thought that the minimum requirement was to be in the top six, mm. and they're just starting to drift away from that. Their results have not been good of late, have they? Uh, I make it just one win in the last seven games, one win in the league. They're, well, they're ninth at the moment. I mean, they're only two points behind Bristol City, so if they were to win, that would sort of really shift things their way. It is that tight at the moment. Yes. But you would call them mid-table, and... You would say that Bristol City, if they were to win on Saturday, if Derby lose, they'll be sixth. Yeah, it's a real opportunity for the Robins to to, to maybe get some clear blue water between them and the challengers. I, I... And and the good thing is that Derby have got to play this FA Cup replay against Southampton. Uh, okay, so they're going to be tired game. from that as well. Yeah. Uh, so really the odds are in Bristol City's favour but when you go to a side with a new manager it's never straightforward is it Gregor? No they, I mean the O'Neill appointment for me is a little bit strange because they complained about Ata Karanka's style of football up that yeah. way and I'm not sure O'Neill he's very pragmatic isn't he so yeah it's going to be interesting to see how he does this weekend obviously they might get that new manager bounce the place is going to be rocking it's heading for a sellout out there um, it'll be interesting to see who his assistants are. I don't think they've been named at the moment. Is it going to be Roy Keane? Um, or is it going to be John Robertson, who he's uh-huh. worked with before? We'll have to keep an eye on that. But, yeah, the, the other thing, though, in City's favour is obviously those two red cards that um, Nottingham Forest picked up last weekend, ruling out Danny Fox and... And um, Derek were as well. Two big players, two normal, normal starting... Yes, so they're going to have to plug some gaps there. They've got a few injuries at the back there, I believe, as well. So, yeah, hopefully the Robins can take advantage and uh, we'll see. But it's never easy. And it's I, a hard place to go. Yeah, would you take a point now? I, th- I think Probably. I would be tempted. Yeah. I think I would be tempted. It's a bit, obviously, like, they're on the 10 games unbeaten, Bristol City, but City Ground is not an easy place to go. It's a really decent atmosphere as well. Um, let's hear from Lee Johnson just about how his side are progressing right now. Well, I feel good. I feel like we've got to just keep continuing along the process, you know. Um, I think that I always said right from the start that it's like any new business. You put a new business together and, and slam in six or seven new employees. Do you know what I mean? It's like a game of boggle. It takes time to settle for people to understand each other's job roles and how they work and how they like to work. And I feel that's happening now. You know, the cohesion's good. The work we do on the training pitch, like I can see it coming to fruition. The timing, the movement. There's some wonderful football at times today. Little patterns, little triangles. And uh, and the boys are confident and that's what we want. Listen, does that guarantee another 10 games unbeaten in the championship? Of course it doesn't. Um, but what it does guarantee is that we'll be competitive in, in any individual game. And I think for us as a football club, that is success at this moment in time. 
Well, something Lee Johnson, as far as we know, has not been doing is spying on the opposition. This uh, all blew up last week when it came to light that one of Marso Bielsa's staff had been spying on Derby County's training ground. Bielsa came out after the game, after Leeds had won, and said, well, I've done it all, all my career, never seen anything wrong with it. And actually, it transpires that by the laws of the game, there's nothing against it. And now the FA have got to decide what to do specifically about it because they don't have a rule against it. This is all bizarre, isn't it, Gregor? Yeah, I, I, I saw yesterday that the EFL had announced that they were going to be writing to Leeds to ask them about it, about the situation. And I think what they've said is, or I've seen mentioned, is that maybe it goes against, yeah, no specific rules exactly, but maybe just their charter in terms of, like, gentlemanly conduct, yeah. etc. And basically, yeah, the, the, the way you go about things. I, I think it's been a bit overblown like these things are i don't see huge amount uh, huge amounts wrong with it myself um i think it's up to clubs to police themselves so maybe yeah derby need to get more trees around the their training ground there well, or yeah. something or a you fence look, a big you get fence failing around. it's really hard to get down i know yeah. you've got dog walkers that they can walk past yeah. but you can't really see a lot of the, of the training ground can you especially not from the road at all no absolutely and yeah you get you there's been stories about other clubs doing this abroad um i think there was a german club who used a drone to spy on another club. Would you not so, notice a drone just constantly flying above you? Yeah, yeah, possibly, and maybe not at not um, Bristol City where Lee Johnson won, uses one a lot. And so, yeah, I, I don't think it's the biggest um, deal in the world. However, saying that, yes, it, it's maybe gone a bit too far. Um, don't forget that clubs do monitor every club's output, media output, mm-hmm. and they do. I know Lee Johnson and Dean Holden have said to me before that they um, know that clubs will watch a. Um, a bulletin on injuries to see who's going to be out, mm-hmm. who's going to be playing, because these are marginal gains. They can they can have yeah, an effect. Course, so, yeah. so yeah, it's worth doing. But yeah, maybe it's just gone too far, and just a slap on the wrist will will suffice here for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a really funny one, isn't it? Because it never really heard much about this in, in modern times of football. So we'll see, or maybe Bielsa will set a trend somehow. I doubt it. Uh, Gregor, thank you for your time. We'll be back next week ahead of the FA Cup uh, fourth round game against Bolton at Ashton Gate and reflecting on the Forest game too and we'll have your latest transfer news as well. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Thanks for listening. Robins on the Wire.